Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 43rd episode of Five Questions with Dan Shaw Bell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is model, TED speaker, and activist Cameron Russell. Born in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is not far from where I grew up, Cameron lived a very privileged life as the daughter of Robin Chase, the founder of Zipcar, and Roy Russell, the former CEO of Go Loco. She began modeling in 2003 at age 16, walking in several fashion shows, sporting various designers, including Versace, Prada, Chanel, and Victoria's Secret. She's graced the cover of magazines, including Porter Magazine, Vogue Magazine, and many foreign editions, and Harper's Bazaar UK. In 2012, she gave a TED Talk entitled, Her Looks Aren't Everything, Believe Me, I'm a Model, which has gone on to becoming one of the top 10 most viewed TED Talks of all time with over 27 million views to date. In 2017, she reached out to her network to contribute to the Me Too campaign to bring further awareness to sexual harassment. She's the co-founder of Model Activist, a network of models that are trying to make the fashion industry more equitable and sustainable. In this podcast interview, we learn more about who she is and her motivations for making a positive change not only in her industry, but in the world. How do you handle the pressure to look and act a certain way as a model? You know, that's an interesting question for me because I feel like I was coming of age and really coming into myself at the same moment that I was becoming a successful model. So it was less and less important to impress and endear the people in charge, just as that transitional moment for me was happening. So it's hard for me to really pinpoint the reason why I don't feel that pressure so much anymore, whether it's internal, like some, some growth that I went through, or whether it's external, um, it's probably a combination of both. Today, I definitely remind myself frequently that the gatekeepers probably can't help me that much in achieving my goals, because for the most part, I think we have different value systems. So the fashion ecosystem is owned um, by a very, very small group of people. So most brands and most of the media outlets are just a couple conglomerates and a, and a couple, a handful of sort of CEOs. And that small group is almost entirely wealthy, very, very wealthy, billionaire wealthy, older white men who I think don't want to experiment with sustainable business models or sharing power with the women and particularly the women of color who make up this industry. You know, when I think about the change that I want to see and I want to be part of making, I try to remind myself that those folks that, you know, are sort of the bosses right now, I, I should stop caring what they think. And another piece of that is, you know, the reality that, of course, there are still moments when I'm really pressured, particularly with people who I see as allies and friends in this industry. Um, And I think we're all sort of evolving together. And models are not yet really equal collaborators on set. And so I think 
unfortunately, because of that, there, there definitely are moments where everybody, no matter how successful they are, does feel pressured. How do you be authentic in today's superficial world, especially on social media? Uh, that's a funny question. I don't think that I'm authentic on social media. <laughs> um, I would say I'm more thoughtful on social media. Um, I'm thoughtful about what I put up. And I, I really think running a social media account almost of any size is, is akin to running a media outlet. You know, there's like, you know, you're in a relationship with your audience that you want to maintain trust, but you also want to continue to engage them. And I think there's sort of a, a whole set of things that, at least for me, motivate my posting that I don't know they're authentic so much as strategic. And, you know, I try to, to be a, a caring and compassionate leader in that space, especially, you know, when you go live or you're on stories, it sort of seems like this is really casual and haphazard. But at least for me, those moments are very calculated. You know, can I tell a narrative here that will resonate with my audience? Can I do it in a succinct way? You know, is this something to put resources into for me? I think a big part of authenticity just in life in general is trying to set boundaries around social media because I think it's pretty hard to be authentic in the real world when, at least for me, when I have social media either going on or I'm sort of trying to pay attention to that while I interact with people, I find that to be very distracting and it's hard for me to be present. So I guess in that sense, to be authentic in the real world is sort of to separate a little bit from social media. When did you gain the courage to speak your truth? When it's phrased like that, it sounds to me like this sort of moment of enlightenment where you can say anything at any time, but I think being vulnerable with in, in a public space is always a challenge and just part of, you know, something that I'm getting better at or, you know, constantly challenging myself to do. You know, a year and a half ago or two years ago when I helped bring the Me Too movement to fashion, part of that courage came from really seeing and knowing and, and being in intimate conversation with particularly women and femmes across fashion who... I really felt that it was a collective effort. And in that sense, it was very easy to be outspoken and upfront because I felt like, you know, I was standing with a lot of people. I, I have the privilege also of, of being, having a lot of security in, in my life because I have been successful and because I have a financial cushion and I have some freedom there. So some of that courage comes from privilege. I don't have to be worried about making everybody happy all the time. And that's very useful, a useful tool in activism, I think, and critique and, and challenging conversations and inspiring growth because, you know, hard conversations aren't meant to make everybody happy. But I think ultimately, you know, most people, if you're doing a good job, you bring people along with you. And, and that's just sort of a turbulent period. What sparked your social and political activism? Just wanting to be of use, really. I think it's it's joyful work. I can choose what I want to be doing. You know, what else would I devote my time to, really, than um, building a better place for me and my children and my partner and my community and my family? How can others be activists as well? What's the first step? The first step? Um, you know, I think everybody has like a front line where they are. So for a while, I thought that being in fashion and and being an activist were sort of two different parts of myself until I really just started to learn about the industry and be present in the industry and be present in kind of owning my, my role in that and being able to be critical of myself and learn about how to become a better participant in the industry and that, that sort of finding the, the front line where you are, I think that is a really useful way to get started because that's a lot of times where you can affect the most change. And what's your best piece of career advice? That's a hard question because in my own particular career, I think I have been the beneficiary of a lot of luck. And also, like I spoke about in, in my TED Talk, 
a really racist, gendered system that we're living in. So maybe my career advice is that uh, I think the current hierarchy that most of us are operating in, you know, is based on things that we want to get rid of. For sure, we want to get rid of. There's like examples of this all the time. I guess right now, I was just listening to a podcast about the, you know, college admissions scandal. But there are so many moments where we see that this is not a meritocracy. And so I think my career advice is just to try to hold that no matter where you are, if you're doing well, to try to hold that it probably was not all you. And if you're not doing so well, to not let that get you down. And, you know, especially in organizing, I think the most brilliant organizing comes out of that moment when you realize that you're in a community that's leaderful and you can see everyone around you for all that they bring. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Cameron. To follow her journey, you can watch her TED Talk and find her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where she shares her photo shoots, political stances on topics like climate change and protecting the rainforest, family photos, collaborations, and appearances. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.